The history of the relay baton actually begins in ancient Greece. That may surprise you. It may not. The idea actually came from a device a message courier or a messenger would use called a message stick. That would have been the best way to send a message in that time. Like our phones today, even back then, privacy was a priority. So the Greeks cleverly figured out a way to encrypt their messages. It was called a skittily. Skittily, say it with me one time. Skittily. Okay, I've said that a bunch of times in my prep. Starting to sound crazy, okay, right? A system consisted of two skittles, the same size and the same shape, one for the sender and one for the receiver. When the time came to send a message, a leather ribbon with, a co- with coded letters would wind around the stick and it would be sent off to the person who had the matching skittles. The only way to get the message was to wrap that leather ribbon around the matching skittily. This weekend, we hope to decode a message straight from heaven about who Jesus is and about his purpose for each one of us as we run this race called life. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have hated to have been a messenger. Running is not really my thing. There would have been some late messages if it was up to me, okay? A couple years ago, I've got some friends that every year we make some spiritual and physical commitments. And a couple years ago, we decided we were going to run a a 72-mile run on the Appalachian Trail, which again, that's not my vibe, but I wanted to push myself. And so early in the training, we said we were going to do an 18, they told me we were going to do an 18-mile hike. It was just going to be a fast hike. I could do an 18-mile hike, no big deal. We all get in one car, which now I know was just a ruse so I couldn't escape. We get in one car, drive an hour away to an Appalachian Trail, and then here's when I knew I was in a bad spot. When everybody got out of the car and everybody started vaselining themselves, armpits, chests, nethers, and I was like, hey guys, what are we doing? I've worked out my whole life. I've never, had to, I've never had to Vaseline myself for a workout. That's when I should have known. Zach, stay in the car. You're a car kind of guy for this workout. I won't go into the whole thing, but I cried a little bit on that trail, okay? Speaking of running, the Apostle Paul, who actually would have witnessed the Greek games, I love this outlook. I pray that this is part of our, something that we walk away with today. Paul writes to first century Christians in 1 Corinthians, get this outlook. He says, do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way. He's talking about our walk with God. He says, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes on strict training. It matters. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it. This race that we run, we do it to get a crown that will last forever. For some of us, we're running this life like it's a sprint. For others, you see it for the marathon that it is. But I just want to warn you, no matter where you find yourself in your walk, your run with God, I am so fired up for today. Helping people discover their purpose is such a passion for mine. It so fires me up. I would run, this is a big deal. I would run however many 18 mile runs it took to help people discover their 
purpose, because purpose matters. Actually, running to win a prize first requires a purpose. The why matters more than the where or the how. Otherwise, if we don't have a why, if we don't have a purpose, we will live our life like we're just out for a jog, but there's so much more. So what is the why for your life? What is the purpose that you're running this race for now? Listen, there's too many challenges, too many obstacles, too many distractions. There's an enemy. So there's no way that we can run with no purpose or the wrong purpose. That's not who we are. So let me ask you, in the year where we're passing the baton from generation two, what are your expectations for 2023? What kind of race are you running? What are you passing to the next generation? What are you passing to the people in your family? For faith promise, which means for you, promisers, Dad and I believe that the greatest days of this church are ahead. That means the greatest days for you and your family and your purpose are ahead. In the New Testament, we find another passing of the baton moment from John the Baptist to Jesus. And listen, Matthew, who is one of Jesus's followers, shares about a particular moment when it looks like John the Baptist is struggling with passing the baton. And we'll actually be in Matthew 11 quite a bit today, but let me read this to you. In Matthew 11, it says, when John, who is in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, that's Jesus, he sent his disciples to ask, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? How about you? Are you struggling with doubt? Are you struggling with your purpose? Are you struggling, let, let me just press in. Are you struggling with not being fed enough? Are you struggling with not being challenged enough? Are you struggling to make strides with God or strides in your kingdom purpose? Let me ask you an ownership question. Because when the game really changes is when we take ownership. Are you looking for a message from someone else instead of becoming a, becoming a messenger yourself? Today, there will be transformation. God will come before you, and we ask you to do it only you can do. You've already moved this weekend in a miraculous way. God, I just pray that whenever we look back over the years of the just a line chart of eternal impact, that today on January 22nd, 2023, there would just be this huge spike, God of kingdom impact. We love you so much. Put us on mission today. We will listen to what you say. We will obey. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Is anybody excited to be in church this weekend? I hope you're excited. I hope you're excited. Want to welcome live all of our campuses, live online, having church in your living room or at the gym. God behind bars, over four or five uh, correctional facilities that are having church. If you're watching later, can you feel it? There's something happening this week. There's something happening right now as you're joining. Passion, power, purpose. They're stirring inside of you. Some of you, it's building off last week when you laid those lies down, and maybe you need to go back and watch that message again in your quiet time. If you missed last weekend, you have to watch what God did last weekend, keeping those lies out and building on God's truth and purpose. This weekend, some listening doubt 
that God could have a purpose for you, that God could use you. And hey, I get it. I felt that way. And I would say that any believer who has any humility will tell you that they have fought those feelings at some point. But can I tell you this? Jesus can handle your doubts. He's a big God. He's able. I mean, imagine this. If he can handle all of your sin and trade that sin for grace and forgiveness, he can handle our doubts too. Why would we try to finish something in the flesh that was started in the spirit? When you think about somebody doubting Jesus, what do you think about? Maybe you think about yourself. Maybe if, you, if you've read God's word, maybe you think about doubting Thomas, the guy who said, I won't believe he's alive until I stick my fingers in the holes in his hand. Maybe you think about Judas Iscariot, the guy who betrays Jesus, but almost none of us think about John the Baptist. Almost none of us think about him. In fact, some theologians, those are people who just study the Bible with their life, they have such a hard time believing that the same John the Baptist who was filled with the Spirit in his mother's womb, who prophesied, who baptized Jesus, could even struggle with such doubt that some of us do today. But let's read again the moment that Matthew records in, in, in Matthew 11. It says, when John, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, that's Jesus, he sent his disciples to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? I bet you most of us have prayed a prayer like that. Jesus, can you really do this? Are you struggling with doubt? Are you really convinced that not only did Jesus save you, but he filled you with purpose? Because that's what he says in his word. Are you looking for a message from someone else instead of being a messenger yourself? Because just like with us, Jesus had already told John that he was the Messiah. John baptized Jesus. John saw the miraculous firsthand like a lot of us have. But now, John the Baptist's circumstances and his life experience and the messages or the stories that he was getting were causing him to wonder if Jesus might not be who he said he was. And just like Jesus and just like John, Matthew knows and records what people are saying in Matthew 11 about Jesus's purpose. It says this, the son of man came eating and drinking and saying, he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, which I love that. I love it. Why? Because he'd have been my friend. I don't collect taxes, but I'm a sinner. Right? I love that it says that about our Jesus. But listen to this. I love this last part, and it's so important. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds, by her action. But let's think about Jesus' purpose and what they were saying about it. Let's ask about yours. What are people saying about your purpose? Do you hear more from yourself, from your boss, from your spouse, from your teacher, from your friends, and what they have to say about your purpose more than what God and God's word have to say about your purpose? I get that this can be hard. I get it. John the Baptist doubted because he was listening to those who were saying Jesus' purpose was too far out there. 
It was too countercultural. It was too judgmental. It was too, it doesn't make any sense. Same stuff we're hearing today. This is why Jesus, ooh, I love this. This is why Jesus replied when John's disciples asked about John's doubt. Here's what Jesus said. Go back and report to John what you see and what you hear. And when the world gets around Christ's followers, they should see things and they should hear things. This is what Jesus said. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on the account of me. Jesus tells John's disciples to tell John things are happening. This isn't just theory. This is reality. What about us? Are you looking for a message from someone else instead of being a messenger yourself? Look what happens next. Again, in Matthew 11, verse 7. It says, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak about John to the crowd. What did you go out to the wilderness to see? John would do his ministry in the wilderness. What did you go to the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Because see, everyone would have known what he was talking about. They were all over the place. The weed, the, the weed would have been a, a cane tail that would grow about 12 feet high. But it was so slender and it was so yielding that a good, a good wind would lay it flat on the ground. And when the wind stopped, it would pop back up. So he's saying, did you go to the wilderness to see a reed that would just lay down when the Pharisees came? It would lay down when their boss said, you can't talk about that. It would lay down when their friends said, hey, that's stupid. What? No, that's not what you went to see. But for us, why does it seem like our tolerance, our endurance, and our grit can be the lowest when it comes to spiritual matters, when it comes to our eternal purpose? Let me ask you, do you stick it out when it comes to work? Do you stick it out when it comes to your kids? Do you stick it out when it comes to cheering for your team? Most of you. Students, do you stick it out when it comes to that class, that game, or for that like on social media? Why do you stick it out in those areas? Well, what other choice do I have? Exactly. What other choice do you have? Quitting in those areas isn't an option. I can't quit at work. I can't quit on my kids. I can't quit in that class. Why does our outlook not transfer even more strongly to our kingdom purpose? I have to get in my word. I have to love people, especially people who think differently than me, look differently than me, vote differently than me. I have to pray for people publicly. I have to share my faith. I have to serve. What other option do I have? Amen, can that be us, church? You can go ahead and celebrate God. Because we don't know how many more laps we have in this race. And listen, in eternity, there's only two options. God's word is clear. There's heaven and there's hell. And that's a purpose that will last. Allow me. You, th you got excited a second ago? Just trying to run around. We talk about this next revelation from God's word. In Isaiah 61, which I've been reading every day when I pray for me and my wife, Rachel, when I pray for our, our, our callings, this is what I've been, pray I've, been, I've been praying this whole chapter. But let me read you a revelation about God's people's purpose. In Isaiah 61, verses three and four, it says this. They, these are God's people, they will be called oaks 
of righteousness, planting in the Lord for the display of his splendor, strong and for his splendor. They will rebuild ancient ruins and restore. They will build places long devastated. They will renew ruined cities and they will have been, that have been devastated for generations. From generation two, generation. who will do those things? What kind of perfection, what kind of people would get such a purpose? Well, Jesus actually makes that really clear in the verse before. In Isaiah 61, verse one, he says this, the same thing that Jesus said in Luke four when he started his ministry. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. The sovereign Lord, the one who says what truth is, the one who says what the future is, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Listen, who will do those amazing things in verses three and four? You and me who were set free in verse one. Man of God, woman of God, God wants me to tell you today, get your life, your purpose, your family, and your calling out of verse one and get in verse three and four where it belongs. Can we get an amen? That's who we're called to be. Listen, if you have heard and accepted Jesus' message, you are a messenger. At Faith Promise, we're looking for messengers. We are looking for servants. We are looking to continue the same race that our founders who started Faith Promise, that, that they had since they came out of the starting blocks 27 years ago, since they started the race, since they launched running towards people who are blind, lame, unclean, deaf, dead, poor, anyone and everyone who is far from God, being a messenger to them, not so we can be high and mighty, not so we can be religious, because that's where we were when God or someone found us. We wanna bring God to them so they can meet him and be used by him in order for us to do that faith promise. Our passion for seeing thousands and thousands. I think this year we'll probably celebrate our 10,000th person saved, but baptism is not the finish line. Baptism is not the end of the celebration, it is the beginning. Our passion has to be to press on to help these new believers live out their purpose, and we can only help them live out their purpose if we are living out our purpose. That's why every week, every week we talk about next steps. Every week we invite you to next steps because your, your purpose, you discovering your purpose is God's passion, so it's our passion. On February 5th will be step one. Mark your calendars, make it a priority, fight to get there. Are you a messenger? Are you running with purpose? If not, let us help you, let us serve you. This isn't our idea, this is Jesus's idea. Listen to what Jesus says about your purpose in John 14, 12. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, whoever, whoever, stop discounting yourself because Jesus didn't. He says, whoever believes in me will do the works I have done and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. When he went to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in you, to empower you to do everything he's called you to do. You walking in your eternal purpose matters to Jesus so much. 
And because Jesus has given all of us a purpose to walk in, to run in, this is why Jesus said to his disciples, to John's disciples, still in Matthew 11, he says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subject to violence and the violent have been raiding it. Another word for that violent is forceful. Can I ask you, what are you forceful towards? Some of you, whenever your precious baby gets in trouble at school and it couldn't have been their fault, so you call and give that teacher a what's to him, right? You're forceful. I was a student pastor, I've gotten it. Whenever the ref's not calling it right, when you don't get that promotion, I want you to think about those things you're forceful towards. Whenever you're watching news or when somebody gets elected, you know, you know that forcefulness I'm talking about? Maybe you don't let it out, but it's right in here and you just can't barely stand it. Does that ever come to eternal matters? Because hey, the enemy is. The enemy is raiding our families. The average age of kids seeing pornography now is eight years old, but you don't want us to talk about sex and students? He's raiding. What are we forceful about? Our purpose is not passive. And because our purpose isn't passive, God's people won't be passive. You can give God amen if you want to. Jesus is begging us to take action because listen, we are, we are not just waiting for a message, but we will be messengers. We will go. Are you pa passive with your purpose? Students, are you thinking that you'll serve when you know more, when you're older? Parents, are you thinking that you'll have that conversation or you will, you'll, you'll do a Bible reading plan with your kids next month or next year? Are you thinking that you'll share your faith when you get to know that person a little better so that you might not offend them? If you're a messenger, you make a way and you find a way. Listen, listen, God's word is clear. God does not only expect this, listen, God will inspect this because God inspects what he expects. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. God's word is so clear that we are to take action with this purpose. So let me give you four actions that are possible. Let me give you four actions that you can take and then we're gonna ask God to move, to change something and to transform us. Here's the first thing you can do. They'll be up, you can take pictures or write them down. The first thing you can do is pray for Bob. Who's Bob? Burden, opportunity, boldness. Dad taught us this a year ago. We're gonna pray for Bob. Whenever you're alone in your time of prayer, in the car before work, before you wake your kids up, whatever it might be, pray for Bob. Pray for a burden for people far from God. Pray for an opportunity to share with them God's love, freedom, and grace. Pray for boldness to walk through the opportunities that he gives you. Maybe step two, maybe you're in a place where you, you need to do the bless and run, is what I call it, the bless and run. Maybe you wanna pay for somebody's food uh, behind you in the Starbucks drive-through. Maybe you wanna pay for somebody's something, whatever, and just tell the barista or the server, say, hey, this may sound weird. I wanna pay for their food. Will you just tell them 
that God loves them and he called me to pay for this. That's it, just tell them God loves them and I do, there you go. And just do the old bless and run until you get the boldness to do the next one. Do it. Step three, maybe to pray for someone. This is one that Faith Promise we've really owned and we pray for our waiters and waitresses and we, before we pray for our food, we just, hey, is there something that we could pray for you about? Anything going on in life that we can lift up? We just wanna care for you. If you don't plan on tipping or tipping well, just keep your prayers to yourself or at least tell them to go to a different church, okay? Because we give generously a Faith Promise, so just, just do it, okay? If you never served before, that's why you're not tipping. We'll move on, it's a different service, okay? So... Pray for somebody. I, I got an email from a mom and a daughter, and they were at Cracker Barrel. It's where ministry's done. Country board breakfast, best deal in town. Okay, so they're at Cracker Barrel, and they, they, um, they, the mom feels led to pray for her waitress. And so after the meal, she, she pays, and she goes back and says, hey, is there any way I could pray, anything in life where I could pray for you? Pray for her right there. That lady is so impacted. But in her email, she's like, Zach, I was so scared. And if they didn't respond well, I didn't know if I would ever do it again. Listen, God is so honored by that. You can do it. I promise you can. Here's the, third, here's the fourth one. Share your faith in Jesus. Hey, you know I love you. And you know, I love this church. Inviting someone to faith promise is not sharing your faith in Jesus. It's a part of it. We want them in church. We want to love them. We, we want to be here for them. We want to disciple them. We want to help them discover their purpose, all those things. But sharing your faith means you telling them what Jesus did in your life, giving them an opportunity to walk in that transformation you walked in, inviting them here, let's me or dad share our faith. And you wonder why is Zach's faith so strong and mine is so atrophied? Well, because Romans 1, 14 through 17 says that the gospel is the power of God. And I get paid to stand up here in the power of God every week, I get it. But if you wonder why your faith is so atrophied, do you ever stand in the power? Share, you, listen, just, just start. You know what? I've, I've been sharing my faith since probably I was about 11 because you know, my, my mom and dad really pushed me towards it. I have had less answers. I have had more times I've had to say, I'll find the answer than I've had to say, I know that answer. Right? Hey, I'll be back tomorrow with the answer to that question. I don't know it right now. I got, it. so it's fine. It's fine. The fact that you love somebody enough, it'll, it'll shift them, I promise. Let me, let me give you one more story. I'm gonna pray, and then the Holy Spirit's gonna move on us. I got an email from a group in North Knox, North Knox, wild people out there, okay? And um, it, was a, it was a men's group. Come on, men of God, step up. But they meet at Panera, and they meet right in the middle of the restaurant so people can hear them. People have to be around them, and they pray and do all this stuff. They were leaving. And uh, they were, two of the guys were talking and a lady overheard and, uh, and, and she, she asked them a question and she was like, oh, I'm so sorry to ask. And they're like, hey, it's fine. We're just here talking about Jesus. And that grandmother told the two men, well, I was just talking to my granddaughter because she thinks maybe she wants to follow Jesus. And that group leader sat down and said, hey, it's time to get past thinking. And so if you say, hey, I, I wanna do this stuff, but I don't know how. Listen, stupid things and godly things are easier in groups, I promise. 
Some of you guys did the dumbest things in your life with your buddies when you were young. Well, do the godliest things in your life in group right now. Amen? So get in a group. 